There's just one thing I want from you, Adric. I am COMPELLED by every ounce of blood within me to know. Why ducks? Two weeks now, we've been watching ducks on the Ontoos podcast, and we haven't even nibbled through the section of the sandwich that's just bread. So why ducks? Anthropomorphic animal characters have been used throughout history to make you think a character is like that animal. So what are they like? To my mind, they're mad. But my mind has been poisoned by 34 years of Donald Duck shaking his fist and jumping while Daffy fools the feeble-minded into pointing a shotgun at a rabbit. So I ask of you, for the love of God, why ducks? Because, Will, people are simply looking for something to project on. Why ducks? Why not? Why make them look like anything? They've got big feet, big bills that are expressive and interesting to animate, and on top of that they've shown themselves to be successful in a market. You give them a loud, abrasive voice, boisterous attitude, and a dysfunctional family, suddenly they might as well be a person. Well, I guess it takes all times. That it does, Will. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I love both of those characters so much. I I genuinely really like this show. Let's get into it. So we're talking about Duckman. 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 Uh, Um, Eric Duckman. A TV show. Eric. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They, They also gave him the middle name Tiberius, just like Kirk. Oh, that, I mean, every, it's hard not to feel like everything in this show is a reference to something else. To something. Uh, something. So, Duckman aired on the USA Network, and this was in 1994, and there are 70 episodes of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, and that's one of the things that I hear mentioned a lot, is that, like, nobody expected that to happen. Like, well, and it's... This is- it's such a forgotten show for something that ran for four seasons and just like yeah. completely got around the the major market animated curse that exists where it's like we get all these like medium to good shows that only last for one season and then just yeah. fall out of the human existence. Like And like as far as I understand, it just like got too expensive after four years. Yeah. Um, which makes <laughs> sense because like, this no is one a was watching all star cast also. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know I, I think more than anything else it was probably just um uh the the medical bills for the throat of uh Duckman's voice actor jason alexander <laughs> yeah i was i was watching an interview where he was talking about this thing and he thought that it was going to be a one-shot thing when he like went in else. there yeah he thought it was just going to be like oh i'm just going to appear on this show one time uh, so he goes in there with this voice and he's like, well, I can maintain this for a day. That's fine. <laughs> Joke's on you, cowboy. Time to destroy your throat. Because mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah, I don't, um, I'm hoping that of, uh, again, this is, we should, we should, I think we should start the episodes where the shows are actually good with like, um, a warning to uh to maybe go watch a couple episodes before listening to the show and i think this is one of those I, uh one of those shows like this, this one though this... like i don't think you have to because it's not like we're gonna spoil anything it's not like there's no. anything to spoil no there's not and and i don't mean i don't mean from a spoiler perspective but just from a like really go watch this perspective oh yeah 
Yeah. And and um in <laughs> case in case you you leave before coming back to the episode, this is not a, a perfect show. It is like uh something oh, that is um, like truly weird and experimental. But also leave this running while you go watch the show and then when you come back, start it up again. Uh delete it and then download it again. Yeah. Um, um when you rewatch it. We we need all the listens we can get. Yeah, we're we need that that good good listener. <laughs> you could be two listeners for the price of one. Yep. Um so by the NFT what... of this episode. Oh dear uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Destroy the environment for my ego. <laughs> What's new? Uh, the um uh, do you have do you have a favorite character from the bunch? I from like the main characters. From the it, main characters, it's or from the recurring characters. How about that? Like it is Duckman, just in terms of like being a favorite character. Although sure. he's you know a reprehensible and just like bad character, but he's also <laughs> he's punished for his badness human. in a way that yeah yeah makes makes the show feel like. It is, it is, you know, not complicit in his awfulness. Right. Um, and br- uh, Duckman's kids are great. I oh, really, yeah. yeah the, the kids are great. And then, like, the um, <laughs> the sister-in-law. Yeah, so uh, let's get into... Bernice is so Let's good. get yeah. into those characters. So, obviously, we have Duckman, uh, who's played by Jason Alexander, who was George on Seinfeld. Like, yeah. that's... That's it. Easy. I mean, if you need to know anything else, you're yeah. wrong. <laughs> uh, and then Cornfed Pig, who's his, uh, like, Joe Friday, uh, just partner at yeah. his- The straight man. Investigation. He's a private detective. Yeah. Um, and who's played who's by, by? Uh, Greg Berger, who was notably, he was Grimlock in uh, the old- transformers cartoons and then he was uh, Odie in garfield and friends well that's the most important credit anybody could have right. on there uh, he, he went bork <laughs> and that's and uh he made a hundred million dollars from that appearance mm-hmm. who can blame him uh and then uh there's so uh, let's see bernice was uh nancy travis who was in So I Married an Axe Murderer and a bunch of other stuff that I haven't actually heard of. I, have, I haven't heard of that first one. What's So I Married an Axe oh, Murderer? Oh, uh, that's a Mike Myers movie ah, where okay. he, he's an axe murderer and he gets married to a lady. Huh. I think that's he's the axe murderer. To imagine. One of them's an axe murderer. Um, at least one. It'd be yeah. funny if they both were. That yeah, actually that's a kind of a funny like they're both trying to hide their yeah. killer tendencies from the other. But then you've just remade like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, right? Right, but but Mr. and Mrs. Smith is them actively trying to kill each other. This is one where they're like trying to hide the fact that each one is a serial killer from the other. Yeah. And then they realize <laughs> and they have that like moment very similar to when 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 one of the the partners in a long term marriage comes out as trans and the other one comes out as gay, like, or it's just like surprise, and every everybody it, is like, oh, I fine. thought I had to tell yeah. you something, but 
this is all going to work out. I mean, we, we do have to tell each other something decidedly, but yeah, it does all work out. <laughs> uh, um, so then we have his children, uh, Ajax, who's the... Uh, the stoner one? Yeah, the I don't... I don't know that he's a stoner, but like, I mean, that's his character archetype. Yeah. Uh, so that's Dweezil Zappa. What a great name. Fucking Zappa's kids' names are so bonkers. I, I gotta look them up because it's like they're also, um, they're not bad. Yeah. Either. No, not like bad names. They're just, oh, okay. so he was born. Oh, that's interesting. He was born ian donald calvin euclid zappa which also extremely different name also extremely fucking good right (laughs) so zappa's other kids are moon zappa diva zappa and amit zappa so good i love moon moon's such a great name moon's good um frank zappa frank zappa died in madison wisconsin Frank Zappa died in Madison, Wisconsin a few months before this show premiered with his uh, music as the intro. Oh, that makes a ton of sense. I was wondering why it was so damn good. Yeah, they used a lot of his music. Makes sense. And his kid's uh, very chill voice. Yeah. (laughs) So then his other kid, uh, Mambo and... I forget what the other one's name is. Uh, Charles. Oh, Mambo and Charles. Uh, Which Mambo. Is, I love that they didn't go for like alliteration or any of the other tired tropes for the conjoined twins. Right. They just went like all, all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Mambo is played by Elizabeth Daly, who oh, is nice. Dottie in Pee Wee's Big Adventure and notable for the podcast. Buttercup in Power Girl in Powerpuff Girls. Heck yeah. Yeah. And And Bam Bam in the Flintstones. Oh really? <laughs> For what it's worth. I think so, yeah. Ha. Huh. Alright. It's so weird when stuff like that is not like in their known for section in IMDB. Right. It's like I, fucking... I guess Bam Bam says six words, so like maybe not as relevant. Well, yeah, but her third one is fucking baby mumble in Happy Feet. <laughs> okay, wait, hang on. Which it's like it was Bam yeah. Bam in the live action film version of the Flintstones. Oh, all right. So maybe not as <laughs> relevant, <Okay>. actually. <laughs> all right. In that in that case, the George Miller movie gets the bump. Yeah, I still got a lot of appearances. I actually need to watch Happy Feet, like both of them. Just I watched of... just the first one. It's, it's decent. I, I, I'm just curious about like because I've watched Babe, and yeah. it's like why this is the Mad Max guy, and he's making children's <laughs> movies. Um, sometimes you just need to shake things up when you're in, when you're an auteur filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, we did talk about this, but she is in Rugrats, the revival 2021 oh, animated CGI series yeah. as Tommy Pickles. So another Klasky Supo, Supo, Klasky Supo. Is uh, an impossible word to pronounce. Yeah. Pretty. Okay, we need to make it through these characters. I'm sorry. I'm, right. I'm deviating us too much. Charles, played by Dana Hill, 
who was Audrey Griswold in National Lampoon's European Vacation. Oh, nice. And Jerry in Tom and Jerry the Movie in 1992. Oh, the 92 one. That's yeah. That's good. No, not the, not the brand new <laughs> one. Um, oh, uh yeah she died in 96 so oh, I didn't that's know that. actually Thanks. just like right after this came out yeah that sucks uh and, and that's pretty much it as far as your characters that are your, in your every episode yeah. yeah um we also have uh grandmama who is not voiced and then the that's two just stuffed animal ba- teddy bear assistants oh yeah um uh, Fluffy and Uranus. <laughs> Voiced by, apparently, Music? Pat Music. Who's... Ah. He's... We're gonna run into this a lot. The additional voices people, where you'll you'll just look up someone and there'll be fucking 400 credits that are just additional, <laughs> vo- additional voices on VeggieTales. Uh, fucking... I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Busybody and Batman. 30 characters no, on an episode. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, dumping on that at all. I would take no. any fucking given one of these jobs. Absolutely. But it does make their IMDb uh, just absolute nightmare to behold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, where it's just like yeah it's a little old lady in bonkers like cool i'm glad to know that and i'm sure it will be relevant when i get there so um i like this is an an interesting show in that unlike a lot of the other shows that we talked about it doesn't have any like clear formula for us to like really talk about like at what the show is doing and and what the like um uh, it's a what show the, like, main premise is it's a show about nothing it's a show about nothing yeah uh, fundamentally and yet so much yeah yeah it, it really just like they throw these characters into a situation and then let it play out in as bizarre a way as they deem necessary i would say more possible than necessary yeah <laughs> Um, the first episode is interesting because it starts off um, telling us that everyone in this universe thinks that our main character is not worth paying attention to. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very, like it, very it really true. Throws us in meteorez here. Like, I, I do like all the segments of of Duckman putting his eyes onto his face every morning. Uh, yeah, so, that's uh, like just part of the character design is that his eyeballs are in his glasses and when they fall <laughs> off great. he is looking from where his eye or from where his glasses are not from where his eyeballs would be it's kind of wonderful also, it's kind of wonderful i also like that his duck design is entirely separate from every other duck design mm-hmm. like he he is the most duck like uh, i would say compared to all the other ones that are much more anthropomorphized and wear some amount of clothing and you know uh, well and this whole universe is like you have humans you have animal people and it was one of the weird things that they went into for this because this is based off of like a few short comic strips yeah and like one comic book hence why i think um 
Jason Alexander thought it was going to be a one shot is because there's like not that much original material to go off of. Yeah, I don't know. But in the comic, uh, his wife wasn't dead and they wanted to have the wife be dead in this show so that they could put him in sexy situations. That's interesting. Um, What a weird decision to make that that like all of these things would be fine as long as we are able to kill the wife first. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, and it's, it's weird. Cause like, I, I respect it as a decision a lot more than I do on a lot of other shows because none of the sex stuff is played off for titillation because all of these, like all the quote unquote sexy women that they have on this show are grotesque caricatures <laughs> and everybody in the show is Every, grotesque yeah caricature. everyone is it's all monsters top yeah. to bottom which i really enjoy um i also uh, like it's interesting because i think it's very interesting from a, a narrative perspective the the way that they set up the relationship between the family i think is cool and different and interesting so um bernice uh, died at some point um and uh, uh, did not trust Duckman or Beatrice. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And, and did not trust Duckman to raise the kids alone. And so Will so. the house and everything else, absolutely, to um, her twin sister, Bernice. Uh, and now they like all live in this sort of, you know, dysfunctional, but everybody's kind of all right uh, household where um, Bernice is, is really doing her best to raise the kids, but is also uh, a very flawed individual. Mm-hmm. Um, the most well-adjusted characters in this whole thing are Charles and Mambo, I think, who are uh, in- incredibly smart, sort of antiquey in different ways, but but are yeah, you know, like they completely they kind of know what's going on. They know they know that their dad is a is not a good person, but potentially yeah. a a good dad um and that's like what what the the first episode is is sort of like leads up to is like everybody with a lot sort of, of calling attention to and there was a ton of bombs so that of was bombs. a weird plot <laughs> like talk about a show about nothing the the whole main plot of this is that somebody is sending him bombs uh trying to kill him and duckman is thrilled by the prospect of somebody caring about yeah, him caring, enough to try caring to kill him enough to try <laughs> to kill him actually so i wanted to look up um all right that was after this um what's that so you remember the part in the story where they go to prison to talk to the cannibal that yeah. Duckman had put in jail very much accidentally. Um, Completely accidentally and to the great benefit of the cannibal. Yeah, where this guy is like, now he's publishing books and he's appearing on TV shows. Um, so that actually happened, but like no way. later. Uh, yeah, no way. <laughs> this, this guy, Issei Sagawa, he was a... Uh, He was a foreign exchange student in Paris, uh, and he killed and ate two people, I believe. I I think it was two people. Uh, And then they shipped him back to Japan, and they don't have, like, they're 
not doing anything as far as extradition goes. So this guy's just like making art and, and doing shit like that. And, and yeah. And he's more famous because he fucking ate people. That is absolutely wild and completely in line with our human culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. It might have been before because uh, he killed them in 1981. Yeah, no. All right, it was before this, because he was, like, being a guest speaker and shit from 1986 to 1997. Interesting. So anyway, that's a weird little uh, weird little background on one of the subplots in this. <laughs> <laughs> that it, it was not actually based on, uh, would you say his name was Issei? Issei Sagawa? No, it sounds like it was, because that happened 10 years before this show. Oh, 10 years before the show. Yeah. Oh, for some Shows reason, I thought 1984. Were... He was. Well, I, was... I thought you were saying that it was yeah. like promontory, like a, that that this happened. Before... I thought it was. Got it. Got it. Got but it. then I okay. looked up the, uh, the that timeline. Makes, that makes more sense. Yeah. And honestly, scares me a little less. Y- so... You don't. So now you don't think that the uh, events as chronicled in Duckman are still to come. I would not be surprised if this is where um society ended up in, honestly in if like years. a super smart computer just kind of took over then i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't be too surprised Duckman is the simulation uh let's talk about let's talk about oh so so episode one ends with um this very sweet moment between um uh his his kid and uh and and duck man basically saying hey man i know it's hard that uh, this is this is the um, the anniversary of, or this is the first anniversary without mom. Uh, we missed her too, and you're doing a pretty good job as a dad. And here's and the sandwich. Him a sandwich. Well, all right. First, he gives him half a sandwich, and then he takes <laughs> a bite out of the other half, and then he gives him the other half. <laughs> Which that's love right there. Mm-hmm. Episode two. Tell me what's going on. Oh, I. I don't even remember what what episode. That's why was. I asked because I remember the third one. <laughs> yeah, the third one was wild. Yeah, but I honestly don't remember episode two. You just skip it. Let uh, me look up the synopsis. Yeah, they don't have plot synopses on uh, Wikipedia for this show. We're not going to be saved. Ooh, list of time. episodes. All right, TV. Oh, uh, it's the one where he's hired by a televangelist. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a there's a, a a televangelist who the family is obsessed with. Like um they uh it's like a miracle provider um who relies on a painting? Yeah, to, it's uh, like a painting of feet. Yeah, which again that this is our society like there no no notes this is a perfect representation it's so um, weird how this is supposed like every article that i found was saying like how specific this was to 90s shit and it's just like man t- <laughs> time sure is a flat circle <laughs> time is a flat circle and this circle keeps getting smaller and uh, dumber no it's and dumber. all right so it's more like a spiral then yeah. Time is a yeah. spiral. We're just Time flushing our way spiral. down the toilet. <laughs> Time is like Uzumaki by fucking Junji Ito. And we're that all heading never towards more the true. center of this nightmare spiral. <sighs> Bring me to the row houses. <laughs> um, and 
So Duckman is initially uh, uncaring and uh, un- uninterested in, in this sort of um, uh, show. And then the, the painting gets stolen and he's like making fun of it and then finds out that there could be a, a massive reward in um, in recovering it. So goes and, and uh, gets hired to be the private investigator uh, searching for the painting um, and disguises uh, himself as a... A Van Gogh, Van Gogh alike. Yep. And um, we've we've talked so little about our good good friend, um, Corn Fed Pig. But uh, Corn Fed Pig. Um, I mean, Corn Fed is is like a really good character, but he also kind of blends into the background. Yeah, in in like what feels like a very intentional way. Like, right. um, there's there's just like uh some nice like. Uh, interplay between the two of them but he he as an individual character doesn't actually do that much um just serves as sort of a, a nice foil to carry forward yeah the, uh the discussions he's the voice of reason for the lion's he's, share of this he's the voice of reason but still is like a, a bizarro voice of reason yeah so um, anyway and we go and talk to andy warhol <laughs> yeah that's yeah, and andy warhol murders duck man mm-hmm Wraps him in cellophane. Which enough said. <laughs> right. Duckman uh, goes to heaven. Duckman goes to he- heaven and then hell and then back to heaven again. Um, and then is told that it's it's not his time yet and gets sent back. But before he does, uh, the Lord gives Duckman an Etch-A-Sketch with the meaning of life on it, which he shakes in a in a fit of rage before actually looking at it and so does not get to see what the meaning of life is mm-hmm. and then he comes back he becomes a Hare krishna at the at the airport which that feels like a weird thing that was like very 80s 90s that just doesn't exist anymore I, yeah how I, much of that do you think is is just post 9-11 i was just about to say it's probably a lot of post 9-11 and probably if we didn't if we had it the same way it wouldn't be fucking Hari krishnas it'd be like a bunch <laughs> of QAnon people like yeah it'd probably be like many things the same but worse the same but worse time is a dumb spiral yep um and so he becomes a, a Hare Krishna and then comes back to his family uh, who d- has not noticed that he's left. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, and does not notice that he's back. And uh, he he tells them that he has, in fact, experienced a miracle and is a changed duck and um, wants to, uh, uh, like, apologize for his behavior and his... Um, uh disregard of their of their experience in a way that is like um some somewhat undercut by the fact that he is you know um a joke character but yeah also also is like uh is upheld through the rest of the episode and not like uh not completely discarded even as we we go into the final act here yeah it isn't really must return to normal like it is to some extent undermined but not not really yeah because yeah. in in the end it winds up that he was just on a on a bed at the hospital and corn fed was watching yeah corn fed <laughs> was watching the news and like all the vaguely the stuff that happened happened on the news it was corn fed's etch-a-sketch etch- obviously yeah 
Which does that mean <sighs> that Cornfed knows the meaning of life? Obviously. Probably. Definitely. And um the televangelist uh faked the painting getting stolen and hired the first private investigator that she could find, um, and then tried to have him killed so that uh she wouldn't have to pay him. Mm-hmm. All this plot makes total sense. Yeah. Like, complete it's complete sense. Fucking airtight. Air tight. And it was all to just get higher ratings when they got the painting back. So yeah. then episode three Bum, 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 bum. which like of these this one i really liked yeah yeah like the first one's definitely set up this is one of those shows that i got to the end of it and i still had to watch um uh another show for our show and i, I mean, was heartbroken that i couldn't keep watching yeah you had to watch bad ducks i had to watch bad ducks after this to, i wanted more good ducks good duck to bad duck uh so what goes on in this episode uh Duckman wants to go to some like weird porn thing. Um <laughs> and his kids are like, bro. <laughs> and his kids are like, you promise you'd take us to see this supercomputer. Uh oh, this that was this this like little segment was so funny. They they dig in a cupboard, like throwing out a, a bunch of stuff cartoon style, <laughs> yes. and then find a book safe and then open up the the book safe and in there is the the note saying hey you're taking us to this thing and we're like what do you why would you expect him to find this we'd we'd start off on his side yep and (laughs) you found our 40 dollars in there last week it's like which is one of the best jokes it's so solid It just like gets at the characters of of like the kids being legitimately brilliant and and, and, and duck clever man just and still being kind of an shitty. absolute scumbag. Yeah, <laughs> it's, so it's wonderful. Such a moment. It's such a well written uh, joke that that really calls everything together. It's perfect. Um, it's not and so. I, all right, I I gotta remember that my favorite joke is is like later in the uh, i'll just call it out now it's the one where yeah. uh corn fed is saying that he knows 53 ways to kill a man and then <laughs> his date is like well you could put a bunch of ants in a jar and then get them all angry and stick the jar in their mouth so that they have to eat their way through his head to get out of the jar <laughs> it's like, jesus <laughs> so good i'm just imagining the writer's room section when they're doing that of just like all of the awful awful ways yeah oh man (laughs) oh yikes um and so there uh he relents and decides not to go to the uh the born convention and is like on the highway uh, listening to right wing radio, <laughs> it's Ru- it's Rush Limbaugh, right? Like it's, ex- it's supposed it's to be Rush, Rush Limbaugh, Limbaugh, right? Yeah, who's and, who's um, dead now, which is cool. Anyway, which is great. <laughs> and then um, is his kids continuing to be the voice of reason? Say, uh, are are trying to de radicalize <laughs> their father? Listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even try to de-radicalize him. They're just like, we're 10. We shouldn't be listening to this shit. This is bad, actually. <laughs> um, and uh, So they get to the supercomputer place. The supercomputer convention, yeah. Yeah. 
So then during when the supercomputer is unveiled, Loretta overhears uh, Duckman asking why can't they make a it was why can't they something or why we can put a man on the moon, but we can't make a deodorant that lasts past noon. (laughs) Is that what it was? Did it rhyme? Jesus. I don't remember. All right. It was deodorant that lasts past noon because that actually shows up in the last shot. Oh, that's that's legitimately funny. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then this computer like takes over all of human society and just solves all of our small problems, (laughs) uh, which turns society into a utopia. Yeah, which is um, a legitimately interesting premise to uh, to explore, and I it, with like awful characters in a utopia is a really funny thing. I think. Yeah, well, and also just the concept of if all of your basic needs are met and like all of your small gripes are taken away, then as a shitty character, then you're going to come up with more gripes like that's just the way that human the human condition works where have you (laughs) yeah because like i I think it's it's core message is effectively just like if you are yourself individually unsatisfied and terrible then like you will you will make your own hell in your head yeah because Duckman's like house turns into this like really nice clean just beautiful place and bernice turns into fucking trad wife uh, <laughs> which that's an interesting commentary as well i guess of of like um everything is still in relation to the main characters like uh idealized form i cannot imagine that that is bernice's individual idealized form from her character yeah i don't know I, yeah i struggle to see what her idealized form would be because she's like a small business person yeah and she's always working out and and like she has an obsession with health yeah uh but they didn't really get into what her business was so i don't know this is um like protein shake manufacturer yeah or um essential oils marks marketer Actually, I was reading a thing recently about how a lot of essential oils increase your probability of having a stroke. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's real cool and good. <laughs> we uh, live in the spiral. Anyway. We live in the spiral. That's that's going to be the name of the episode, I think. Do we have do we have to like cover that Uzumaki show that came out like last year? We should do a Halloween episode, I think. Oh, yeah. Even though, it, even though it's not very good. It wasn't? That's disappointing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a it's a very difficult thing to translate. I don't think that that's um, anybody's fault. Yeah. Anyway. We'll get it right one day. So, paradise, it winds up, is an illusion because we live in a nightmare spiral. And everyone winds up getting angry about their... Uh, their new gripes, which for <laughs> Bernice, uh, she kind of turns into this like who's afraid of Virginia Wolf type character, 
where yeah. she's she's got like furs on and shit and she's just drunk and yelling at Duckman. And what do you do you think so like um it's interesting. I honestly don't agree much with a lot of the like premises that have been uh that that like the the show actually sets forth as far as like what the lessons are to take away from any of the the given things but i don't think that i even mind that from the the perspective of watching and enjoying the show right like yeah I, it, it I does feel, feel like it is of its time as far as like uh what the what the messages are and it's an extremely extremely cynical show but i like um i do think that there is sort of like a detriment to um, a detriment to that as far as like what the actual messaging is. Cause like uh, that a utopia is not worth, or that a, a like a post scarcity world is not worth working for. seems like a mistake. Yeah. I don't know. Like a, like a, like a, an, an uh, I don't know. Having that as your message is definitely very cynical, yeah. but, also you know it's a cynical show and i i think it's kind of just going to the like it doesn't really matter how many small problems like obviously getting rid of small problems good but you're still gonna Mm -hmm. have problems right well and 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 i don't necessarily disagree with that but i i do disagree with um the the like premise that that'll make you worse (laughs) <laughs> mm. yeah yeah because like um i don't know bernice's character for is is the one that i keep coming back to of like she is a uh a relatively well-adjusted person who is doing her best in a very complicated situation and is like you know uh raising and making sure the kids get fed and go to school and and are have their needs met and that their father is continuing to pay attention to him despite his proclivities mm-hmm um interpreting grandmama's farts as speech right yeah. and like uh yeah taking care of her um uh, medically ailed uh mother mm-hmm. at the same time like and and that making all of her immediate like um all uh, yeah making all of her immediate problems go away makes her turn to drinking and stuff like that yeah 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 don't like it yeah um what how do you how do you think or what do you think about how this um this show treats women it's it's weird because it's everyone's a caricature mm-hmm. so like it bernice it strikes is, me as very like women come from venus style thinking yeah like like men are from mars women are from venus bernice winds up as this caricature of a 90s feminist and most of the other women in the show are caricatures of uh like the a bimbo like that type of thing and and like the men are caricatures too but i do think that the men are given um more agency in their caricatures like they they are allowed to be lots of different kinds of characters and there there are a couple who are like I don't know, more, more legitimate as, as agents in this. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's an interesting thing to, to think back on as far as like, this is a nineties show. It It is extremely nineties and the nineties, like 
not that long ago, still extremely regressive in its in its culture. Yeah. Well, and they also get into like a lot of anti-PC stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me. But it also doesn't really feel it, it's got that like fence sitting type of thing. Yeah. Cause we haven't even talked about his assistants. Um <laughs> Who are like? I think the assistants are kind of funny. Yeah, uh, Fluffy and Uranus, who are Care Bear ripoffs, like or Care Bear parodies, and they're just trying to like make everyone nicer. And Duckman hates them and beats the shit out of them on a on a (laughs) regular basis. But it's also them being PC, but like. They're right, though? Yeah, like, not even in a severe way, like, not even in a way that anyone could even take as political now. It's just them being like, like, hey, Duckman, you shouldn't smoke that much. You shouldn't be a prick. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be real cool if you weren't an asshole. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's it. That's all. That's their whole ask. And they're extremely kind about it. And they, they take his violence. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he fucking like the, eviscerates the... them constantly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does. It does do that, like South Parkian style. Like, look, man, we're just being uh, cool and edgy, and both sides. Like, you can't handle that. Yeah, we're outside the political spectrum. But I, and they're I not. still like, feel like it's smarter than South Park about it. I I think it handles this with a little bit more nuance than 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 South Park does. Partially because they just talk about it less and they're less self-aggrandizing. Yeah. Like, something that I think is integral to Duckman that sort of makes it feel a little bit better and feel a little bit less like cringy to watch is that you get the sense that Duckman has a little bit more self-awareness and self-loathing to sort of <laughs> balance out like uh, not Duckman the character but Duckman the show. Yeah. has like uh has not not a ton of respect for itself either and does not take any of its messaging seriously um it is more like feels like a a character study feels like you know fucking around with a character and seeing what happens in given situations yeah Um, like the only times when it seems like it's taking itself seriously is when it's like nah family's good yeah yeah and and like there are there are those moments in it where you're like, ah, this is what it feels like when it actually is trying to provide a message as opposed to just fucking around. Right. And those really do work still. So, I don't know, Flawed Show. We haven't talked about the animation at all, but the, the animation is so cool so, and I weird mean, and good. So it's Klasky Supo, who are the Which, people who famously, they made Rugrats and <clears throat> uh, Wild Thornberries and like, rocket power and just all of these nickelodeon cartoons from back in the day which yeah all i don't know for some reason this show i think it's the fact that it's anthropomorphic animals i find it much more appealing than yeah. looking at those fucking nightmare babies <laughs> the, the babies are the worst but it does all the rest of their shows do exist on a gradient of like tolerable to intolerable and this one i think there's two there's two parts of it that make it really enjoyable to watch one is that they really up the the maximalist stuff but mostly in the atmospheres in the and in the um the like backgrounds and shit yeah where it's less about the characters sort of shifting and morphing on a on a constant basis and they stick much more to um 
the simple clean character designs and instead uh just like fill the every space with cool weird stuff and uh, very like exaggerated perspective and proportion in the uh, environments and in the the shot composition itself and it looks way nicer yeah i do feel as the like class geek supo i they probably have like a sign just fucking enormous somewhere that just says no straight lines because <laughs> yeah and thank goodness for that because it's more interesting none. to look and at it, than most yeah. things um yeah classy supo it they were a uh husband and wife team that started out of an apartment way back in the day that's so cool they hadn't really done much before they started doing like you know all their all their famous stuff uh Klasky worked on the uh the do the bartman short <laughs> uh but supo i couldn't find much that she had done uh yeah. prior to all this stuff imagine being able to combine your last names and make something so cool and weird yeah and so emblematic of your entire style well and they also like they got divorced in 96 but apparently they're still working together so yeah good good for that respect yeah yeah and then the director was everett peck who also you know created it wrote the comic and the other thing that i can find that he did was a cartoon called squirrel boy Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, I I watch like some clips, but it is it, any, is it worth watching? Eh, it's kids cartoon. Oh, this is not what I thought it was. Yeah, this looks like ass. I, <laughs> I mean, I like the style of it and everything, but yeah, the backgrounds it's are kind of cool. Kids cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Um. Any any parting thoughts on uh, on Duckman? Uh, watch it. Yeah, give it a shot. Maybe not all of it. There are 71 episodes, so. There's like, a lot. That's, I don't know that I could tolerate that much. That's a bit. <laughs> yeah. But watch uh watch some of the episodes. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that you really need to start at the beginning either. Just like pick an episode that sounds kind of interesting. Oh, shoot for give it a go. shoot for it's later in. Get get one of the ones with Tim Curry. Yeah, there you uh, go. Uh Tim Curry later on plays a character named King Chicken who is like a kind of parody of a supervillain. Love that. I haven't seen any episodes of him, but I love that. Yeah. And I I would give it um, two tickets to a porn convention. I'd give it seven cigarettes, but cigarette butts in an ashtray ready to be consumed. On That's our final review. So obviously uh, that means it's time for age request. Oh, bah, bah, hell yeah, bah, take me home. Bah, 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 bah. Having pressed the duck button, you careen towards Earth. And finding it somewhat different, it's a utopia. But <laughs> something is fundamentally wrong. A ship comes down from the sky, and a bunch of fucking anthropomorphic ducks come out of the ship and they're like Adric, Adric, we need you to come with us. We need to defeat this mighty computer. Can you do it? Um, no, but I'll try. Here, take this weird fucking duck-shaped mask. Apparently it has magic powers or something. We don't really get into it, but wear it. Okay. 
Uh, I'll take three episodes to put it on, but I will eventually. Okay. All right. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, next, we will be going over the Mighty Ducks, the the cartoon. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see you there. Bye. For more duck adventures. More ducks. Duck, 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 duck. I'm not going to. Goodbye. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. Big thanks to the composer of our theme, Miles Morkery, and to Bernadette Meeker, the artist for our thumbnail. We're OnTwosPod on Twitter.com. Our website is OnTwos.club. You're the best. Good night. Good night. <laughs>